Hey everyone, this is Taylor Rotwell back with another Laravel snippet. It's a pretty early morning here in the office. I'm here a little early because we're actually leaving on a small family trip to go to a just a, a small house a few hours from here and hang out with the family for a few days. But I wanted to get in the office and record this podcast for you so you'd have it for this week. And I've got quite a bit to talk about. Um, if you remember last week, we talked about Jetstream and Fortify and Breeze. And I'll give a quick recap of that on this podcast and then also talk about Passport and Sanctum, which are two other authentication-related packages in Laravel. Um, but first, I wanted to talk about a f- some things that have happened uh, the past few days. Um, some comments I made on the last podcast, I guess, lacked a bit of clarification. Um, I said that I thought... If you can avoid splitting your project into separate SPA repositories and a separate backend repository, that you should definitely do so. And I thought instead you would be more productive using something like Inertia and Livewire in most cases. Now, of course, if you have React or Vue experts on your team that are skilled at building applications um, in this way uh, by building an SPA and kind of having a Laravel API as your backend, then by all means, you should have at it. However, I was primarily talking to uh, solo developers or small teams of developers that may have most of their experience in the Laravel world, and I don't think they should feel Um, pressured to build a single page application that consumes a Laravel API just because they think it's the more professional way to build applications or it's what you should be doing. Um, I think you should definitely check out tools like Inertia and LifeWire because they allow you to leverage a lot of your existing Laravel knowledge to build wonderful applications that have the same smooth UI experience as SPAs in many cases. Um, So that's kind of what I meant by that. I didn't mean you should never have separate SPAs that call Laravel backends. If that's what your team is um, sort of suited for, or that's what your um, skills um, are sort of related to, then by all means, you know, you should um, explore that possibility um, and do whatever you want. You know, it's your application. I'm just kind of offering my opinion as someone that's maintained Laravel and interacted with thousands of Laravel developers over the years. Um, There was also some discussion about are tools like Inertia and Livewire too immature, Um, which is a fair question, of course. You know, should I be building my application on tools that aren't battle tested? Uh, Both of these tools are actually about the same age. They're both about a year and a half old. Now, in Inertia's case, um, I think it's important not to overstate what Inertia actually does. Um, All it does is allow you to use Laravel for routing to or hydrating view components. Um, View is still your front-end framework. Inertia is not a front-end framework or even really a framework of any kind. It just lets you use Laravel to route and bind data to your view components. That's it. Um, It's not a large, gigantic package. So I think talk of is Inertia battle-tested is maybe a little misguided. I think it overstates what Inertia actually does, and it makes it sound like this huge front-end framework that you're sort of betting the farm on, um, which is not the case. Um, It just lets you use Laravel's router and data hydration to render view components. Um, That's it. Um, Regarding Livewire, I think the discussion about is Livewire battle-tested is at least, you know, a little more warranted because it is a more radical shift in the way you might build a Laravel application. Um, I mean, in the sense that when you're building 
live wire applications, you actually don't even have to define many routes. Um, the way you build the whole application is a little different. Um, however, again, this tool has been out for about a year and a half now, and many, many applications have actually been launched into production with Livewire. And of course, whether it's battle tested or mature enough is really up for you or your own team to decide. Um, I think it's important to keep in mind, I'm not really forcing you to choose either of these tools or any specific stack. Uh, in fact, by default, and I, I can't really emphasize this enough, um, Laravel 8 does not come with any front end technology at all. It doesn't come with Jetstream, it doesn't come with Inertia, it doesn't come with Livewire, it doesn't come with Vue, it doesn't come with Bootstrap, it doesn't come with Tailwind. It doesn't come with anything other than blade templates as far as the front end is concerned. Um, it's very much just vanilla, Laravel, and Blade. There's no other scaffolding there. Um, and that's how it always will be. Um, that's how it's been built intentionally to not have any front end opinions out of the box when you do Laravel new foo or you start a new Laravel application using the sale uh, installer. It doesn't come with any front end opinions and that's how it's always going to be and that's how I like it. Um, and also there's no, you know, there's no kickback for me sharing these tools with you like Livewire and inertia. I'm not really, you know, these aren't paid tools. These are free open source tools. So it's not like there's a Livewire affiliate program that I make money from when I say, when I release, you know, a Jetstream Livewire scaffolding package. Um, I'm just sharing tools that I think will give you a great Laravel experience. You know, if you don't like them or you don't want to use them, then that's fine. And, and for that reason, that's why Laravel comes with no front end scaffolding at all so that you have the freedom to choose what you would like to use for your application. Um, there was also some discussion about, am I just promoting my friend's tools? Am I just promoting Livewire and Inertia uh, by promoting? I guess that means releasing an optional package like Jetstream that kind of uses these tools. Um, am I just doing that because I'm friends with Jonathan Rennick and Caleb, Jonathan being the creator of Inertia and Caleb being the creator of Livewire. And um, it's an awkward question and I, it's hard to say this without insulting Jonathan or Caleb or, or sounding kind of mean, but I'm not actually very good personal friends with Jonathan or Caleb outside of discussing Laravel and programming or inertia and Livewire. Um, I was actually skeptical of Livewire until I saw Caleb demonstrate it at Laracon 2019. Um, I, I really liked Caleb uh, before that because I thought he just had a positive energy about him and sort of understood Laravel's ethos in that way that it tries to be this positive ecosystem that just makes people's lives better. And I thought that he had really kind of grabbed onto that and that resonated with him and he has sort of embraced that sort of energy. Um, so I liked him for that reason, but I honestly, I wasn't like buddy, buddy with him. You know, we didn't talk about, you know, what we were doing this weekend or anything. And the same with Jonathan. Um, you know, that's what I mean when I say we're not really personal friends. We don't really discuss like, you know, our private life or our kids or what we're doing, you know, this weekend a lot, we mainly talk about programming and, um, you know, I'm just, again, I'm just sharing things that I think are cool. And I think it's insulting to some of these people sometimes to insinuate that I only promote them because they're supposedly my friends, because these are people that have, before I even really knew them very well, had written tons of blog posts, released courses sometimes, released books, tweeted tons of tips, done lots of things to improve the ecosystem. And it sort of minimizes all of the work they put in to sort of get the recognition they have by saying that I only 
am really promoting people that are my friends. Um, they're in the position they are in as sort of respected Laravel developers because of hundreds of hours of labor that they put in improving the ecosystem on their own initiative. Um, they're not in that position for any other reason. And any person can be in that position. Um, I saw some discussion about, you know, don't submit a PR to Laravel, a pull request to Laravel, unless you're kind of in Taylor's inner circle. Um, and I kind of want to say right now that anyone could submit and get a PR merged into Laravel. And in fact, this morning I was curious and looked into it and Laravel now has over 2,800 contributors. So that's a pretty big inner circle that I have built of uh, Laravel contributors at this point. And, you know, it made me think of people that have contributed recently. Um, a person named Paris Maholtra. This is a person that has contributed several valuable PRs to Horizon, the Q system, and other Laravel packages, I'd say within the last two or three months. I don't even know this person. I've never interacted with this person outside of GitHub, and yet... They came in, got their hands dirty, and improved Laravel for free with a good attitude and honestly made pretty non-trivial contributions to the framework. And yes, they got some PRs rejected, actually, but they also got several PRs merged into the framework that were really cool. And those are the kind of people I want around this ecosystem. That's basically how Muhammad got hired by Laravel is because... He made several valuable PRs to Laravel that were not trivial to make to the validation component. And so when I needed to hire some extra help, he's a person that came to mind that I was pretty impressed with his contribution to the framework. And I thought maybe he would want to come on board and just kind of help me work on it full time. Um, so, you know, anyone can get in that position. And those are the kind of kinds of people I like around the ecosystem. If you're someone who kind of just hangs out on online forums on armchair quarterbacking about how I'm, you know, a cult leader or only promoting my friend's tools or only accepting my friend's pull request. I don't really want you in this ecosystem. You should find another ecosystem and community to be a part of because you don't understand sort of the core ethos of Laravel. You, it's insulting to the people that have poured hundreds of hours into improving Laravel. Um, to sit back and say that, you know, they were sort of put in that position by me. You know, they put themselves in that position um, by the amount of work they put in. So shout out to Paris Maholtra. Um, thanks for the pull request. Um, anyone can contribute to Laravel and make it better. Let's all make this an awesome um, ecosystem. Um, what thing the kind of people I want in this ecosystem are people like Paris or Jonathan or Caleb or Jessica Archer or Jason McCreary or Jeffrey Way or other people that spread knowledge, help make Laravel better, and just sort of exude positive vibes about the whole process. You know, um, we're just computer programmers trying to enjoy um, our job, um, and that's what Laravel is trying to do. It's trying to make your life easier and make your life more enjoyable so that when you use your tools at work, you can enjoy what you're doing and be satisfied um, with the stuff you're working on. All right, so that's sort of my preface to this podcast um, before we kind of dive into the real purpose of this, which is to talk about um, the next two authentication-related packages that I wanted to talk about, which are Passport and Sanctum. And before we get into that, let's do a quick recap of what I talked about in the last podcast because I think it could be helpful. 
Um, we talked about three packages. We talked about Breeze, Fortify, and Jetstream. And now Breeze is a small, simple package that has a single command. Breeze colon install, a simple artisan command. I mean, um, and when this command is run, the proper routes and controllers are generated in your own application to handle user login, registration, password reset, and email verification. Now these controllers and routes, they just use Laravel's built-in authentication stuff that's accessed through the auth facade um, methods like auth attempt to uh, kind of handle a login attempt or an auth logout to log someone out. The controllers just call those methods. And you can read all about those methods in the Laravel documentation. There's an entire section on how to manually authenticate users, which kind of walks you through how to build something like Breeze all on your own or how to interact with Laravel's authentication system outside of any other package, um, just using vanilla Laravel. All right, I also talked about Laravel Fortify and Laravel Fortify is basically me saying, hey, what if we took the back end portions of Breeze, you know, the routes and controllers, and packaged them up with no user interface at all? Um, then anyone could use the package in an application with their own custom front end and not have to rewrite all of those controllers and routes. Um, the only the main difference between something like Breeze and Fortify, besides there not being any user interface in Fortify, is that the authentication process is customized through a configuration file and through some callback registrations that you can do in your Fortify service provider. You don't actually modify the controllers directly like you do in Laravel Breeze. All right, so that's basically Laravel Fortify. We took the backend portions of Breeze, basically packaged them up in their own separate package, and we can distribute them to people who just want those backend pieces, but they don't want any of the frontend uh, opinions. Now, Laravel Jetstream is its similar to Breeze, but it has more features than Breeze. Um, it's a first-party application starter kit built on top of that authentication backend I just talked about, Fortify, that we packaged up. And remember, since Fortify doesn't have its own user interface, Jetstream is sort of the user interface implementation built on top of Fortify. Um, both Jetstream and Breeze use Tailwind CSS um, to style the application, but Breeze just uses vanilla blade and um, just vanilla blade templates, whereas Jetstream allows you to choose between Inertia.js and Vue, uh, that's sort of a pair, they go together, or blade templates and Laravel Livewire. Um, both of these allow you to build very dynamic um, sort of SPA feeling applications or JavaScript heavy applications um, in the case of Livewire um, without actually some of the complexity of those tools. Um, I, I talked more about those in the previous podcast, so you can listen to that if you want. And now Jetstream also has some additional features uh, that Breeze doesn't have, like allowing users to update their passwords or delete their account or create API tokens. And the reason Jetstream has these features and Breeze does not is because Jetstream's creation is tied in and related to Laravel Spark. Now, Laravel Spark is a software as a service starter kit that I start created for Laravel back in about 2016 or so. It has the exact same features as Jetstream, but also has user billing and subscription management, allowing you to build kind of your own software as a service application like Laravel Forge. Now, where we're going with Laravel Jetstream is I took all of Spark's non-billing related features and simply made them free and open source via Jetstream. And then when the next version of Spark is released in a few months, it will only handle the, the subscription management aspects of the application and all of its other features that it used to have will simply be included in Jetstream. So 
Right now, Sparks features and Jetstream features are sort of um, redundant, um, but that's only because we're migrating all of Sparks' non-billing related features to Jetstream and making them free. And then when the next version of Spark releases, hopefully in the first part of 2021, um, that will only handle the billing part and all of the non-billing parts will have been migrated to Jetstream. So then that redundancy will be gone. Um, because I wanted to get all of that Spark goodness out there for free um, besides the billing stuff because a lot of people want those features and they don't, they're don't. they building something that's free or whatever or they want to build their own billing system. So we simply just made all of that non-billing stuff in Spark free and put it into Jetstream, styled it with Tailwind CSS instead of Bootstrap, and then gave you the choice of Inertia and Vue.js or Livewire and Blade. And now when Spark comes out, as kind of an aside, when that comes out in a few months, um, that will not have any front-end opinions at all. Some people have asked this. Um, it has its own kind of billing management screen that has its own assets, its own routes and controllers. So you can use any front-end technology you want in your own application. Um, Spark will not care about that. You can think about it kind of like how Laravel Nova doesn't care if your application uses Vue or React or Livewire or Inertia. It's kind of its own separate panel. All right, so let's move on. Um, let's first talk about Laravel Passport. Now, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on Laravel Passport because I think there's generally not a lot of confusion regarding what it's for. Um, Laravel Passport is an OAuth 2 package for Laravel. Um, if you've ever used a package like sign in using your Facebook account, that is an OAuth 2 implementation and OAuth 2 can be used to issue API tokens through a variety of what it calls grant types. Um, even though it's a simplification on OAuth 1, it can still be confusing for developers regarding when to use which grant type, um, especially when building single page applications or SPAs. Now, Passport is built on top of an OAuth 2 package originally created by Alex Bilby and now is primarily maintained by Andrew Millington. Um, that package has several interfaces that you need to implement to tie in the package with your application. And what Passport does is basically do that for you in a Laravel context to provide a really cohesive integration with the Laravel framework. Now, again, I don't have much else to say about Passport because I think its purpose is generally understood as being an OAuth 2 um, server implementation. Um, now, if your application needs to offer OAuth 2, then you're going to be using Passport. It's really a pretty simple uh, decision there. Now, what I wanna talk about next is Laravel Sanctum. And Passport actually inspired me to create Laravel Sanctum um, because I observed a few things. Um, most applications actually don't need OAuth 2, even if they have an API. Um, needing to offer an API is not really the same thing as needing to offer OAuth 2 support. And many, many people were attempting to use Passport and OAuth 2 to authenticate their single page applications, but there was no documented and definitive way on how to do this. And again, you don't even need OAuth 2 to do this securely. And it was really making everyone's lives a little bit harder, honestly, to try to cram a kind of complicated OAuth 2 package like Passport into this SPA authentication role. Um, it was kind of like, you know, using a sledgehammer when you just need, I don't know, you know, a small little hammer or something. Um, so if you're attempting to issue API, API tokens to users so they can interact with your application's API, or maybe you're trying to authenticate your own single page application with a Laravel backend, or maybe you're trying to authenticate a mobile application with a Laravel backend, you actually don't need OAuth 2 for any of that. Um, 
the idea came to me that we could build a much simpler, more streamlined package that solves all of those problems without the complexity of Passport and OAuth 2. And that's what led me to create Laravel Sanctum. Um, Sanctum really can do two things, and let's talk about each of them kind of in turn. First, it can issue API tokens to your existing users. Um, Sanctum has a trait, a PHP trait that it includes called has API tokens, and that trait adds a create token method to your user model that allows you to create API tokens for that user. Now, those tokens can have abilities or permissions attached to them, which are simple strings that represent what actions that token can perform or is authorized to perform. And you can think of these like OAuth 2 scopes. Um, if you've ever seen a screen on a website that allows you to create an API token manually by sort of naming the token and then clicking checkboxes for what permissions the token should have, uh, GitHub actually has a screen exactly like this within their kind of user control panel. Sanctum can do that, okay? That's something Sanctum can do. Uh, secondly, Sanctum ships with an, uh, with an authentication guard. Sorry, it's kind of a mouthful. Um, you can read about authentication guards in the Laravel documentation, but basically what it does is inspects the incoming request to determine if it should be authenticated or not, or um, is it an authenticated request? And if so, what user does, uh, what user is associated with the request? So how Sanctum's authentication guard works is it looks at the incoming request and tries to determine, does this request include an authenticated session cookie? And if it doesn't, does it include a valid API token in its header? Um, so it sort of first checks for the cookie uh, to see, is this request authenticated using a session cookie that was issued by Laravel? If it doesn't find one, it says, okay, I'll look in the authorization header for a valid API token that was issued uh, by Sanctum. And if it includes that, then I'll authenticate the request using that. And this is actually the secret sauce of Sanctum, and I'll try to give you a walkthrough of why it's so great. Um, many people, when they were building single-page applications, um, they're typically building some login screen that hits their API backend, and if the login was successful, they would issue some sort of JWT token or other secret token to the front-end, and the front-end application would send that along with further requests to the API. Okay, so... Now that has some security concerns you need to watch out for, such as securely storing the token on the client and also expiring that token. And the thing is Laravel and HTTP itself already have a nice secure way of storing state about an authenticated user, and that is in cookies. Um, and yes, you can use cookies to authenticate an SPA. Uh, many people think that because they're building an SPA, they can't use cookies to sort of maintain state between the client and the server. Um, when you're building a single page application that will interact with a Laravel backend that uses Sanctum, your application's login screen will call the backend um, with the username and password or email and password. The backend will use Laravel's normal auth facade methods to authenticate the login request, typically using like the auth attempt method. If that is successful, all the stuff that Laravel normally does during the auth attempt method will happen, such as placing uh, the user's authentication ID within the session data and you know issuing a session cookie, and then you can redirect the user back to your SPA's homepage. Now, as long as your cookies um, domain settings in your session configuration file are correct and your application's cores settings are correct within your cores configuration file, and the Sanctum documentation covers how to configure those things, then the browser will automatically send that cookie back and forth on subsequent requests to your backend, just like any other you know Laravel application that just uses Blade and, and kind of vanilla Laravel. 
And um, that means when you call your backend application after the user is authenticated, that cookie will get sent. The Sanctum Guard will see the request has the cookie and use that to authenticate the request instead of looking for a header in the request. And so then all your kind of first party requests from your SPA can be authenticated using cookies. But then requests to those same routes from third parties using API tokens can also be authenticated because the Sanctum Guard will fall back to looking for the token header when the no cookie is present. And that's really great because that means that you can assign the Sanctum Guard to your API routes and they can be called from your first party single page application that will be authenticated using uh, the cookie that was issued when the user logged in. They can also be called by third parties using API tokens if you're allowing people to sort of build, um, you know, SDKs on top of your application or interact with your application through an API. So it's sort of like Sanctum is really honestly, in my opinion, the secret sauce that makes everything or, or makes SPA authentication so great in Laravel and so easy now. And I'm really happy with the way the package turned out. If you haven't learned about it, just go to the Sanctum documentation, just read that documentation from top to bottom. I think it will kind of clear up a lot of um, any confusion you may have and it kind of explains all of these use cases to you in more detail. All right, so to kind of tie things together, there's been some questions regarding how do Sanctum and Fortify sort of relate to each other? Should you install both in the same application or are they mutually exclusive in some way? And so let's go ahead and tie up those loose ends. So remember from our discussion previously that Sanctum just issues API tokens to existing users and it inspects incoming requests to determine if they have an authenticated session cookie or a valid API token. That's it. Now, notice it does not handle any user registration or even have endpoints that handle user login, such as receiving a username and password and determining if that is correct. You are still responsible for implementing those parts of your application. Um, so if you're building a single page application, you're going to use Sanctum probably, or at least I would recommend you use Sanctum as your authentication guard to inspect those incoming requests and determine if the user is authenticated or not. And also to allow existing users to create API tokens, if you wish, uh, through some sort of setting screen, kind of like what GitHub has to issue personal access tokens. But you're also going to need to implement user registration, user login screens for your application and, um, you're gonna to have to implement that in your backend Laravel application. Now, you can either do that manually by following the Laravel documentation on how to manually authenticate users using the auth facade, that's totally fine. You can read the authentication documentation and see an example of how to do that. Or you can pull in a package like Laravel Fortify. And remember, Fortify doesn't have any front-end opinions, so you could pull Laravel Fortify in and that has those registration and login endpoints defined for you. And then your SPA would simply call those Fortify endpoints um, to perform the user registration and login. Um, all of those are documented in the Fortify documentation, exactly what endpoints to call, what pre, uh, input fields they expect, what the responses will be in the case of traditional web request or XHR request. Um, those are all documented in the Fortify documentation. If you're totally new to building single page applications backed by a Laravel application, maybe you should try to implement the registration authentication logic manually yourself the first time just by following the Laravel documentation instead of using Laravel Fortify. Um, I'm kind of torn on this, but I think it could be a good idea to take this approach because 
you'll be able to see how to build a basic Laravel authentication system. And you can do so by simply following along in the Laravel documentation section on manually authenticating users. So you're not totally in the dark. I mean, you're still gonna have code that you can just copy and paste straight out of the documentation in many cases. But you might at least be able to get a, a sense of how Laravel's authentication stuff can be implemented manually, kind of how we all used to be, have to do it before these kind of scaffolding packages like Breeze and Jetstream. Or you could simply read through the Breeze authentication controllers and, and see how uh, authentication is implemented there, um, because that's a really good example of how to implement kind of the basic Laravel authentication flow as well. All right, so to tie that up, yes, uh, many applications could use Sanctum and Fortify together because Sanctum is just your authentication guard and a way to issue API tokens to existing users. And Fortify, you know, you still need a way to have those user login routes or user registration routes and Fortify can implement those for you on the back end without having any front end scaffolding at all in its package. Because remember, we just packaged up all those authentication controllers and routes, shipped them in a separate package called Fortify so that anyone could pull them into their application regardless of whatever front end technology or stack they're using or if they're using Laravel for their front end at all even. All right, so hopefully that was a clear uh, um, description of how Sanctum and Passport work and what they are. Um, I know it's, you know, this is a complicated topic. It's hard sometimes to boil it down into, um, you know, super simple terms, but I've tried to explain it as simply as I can. Um, web authentication, it, like I said, is just sort of inherently complicated sometimes. Um, but hopefully with these packages, it's a little bit easier for you. Again, if you're new to Laravel, just create a new Laravel application and install Laravel Breeze and sort of explore it. Um, see what it looks like, click around in the application. You can read through the controllers right there in your application and see what they do. And I think that will be a great starting point for your journey into Laravel if you wanna use a starter kit at all. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'll be back next week with more, thanks.